From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number three, The Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Barton Blair. Dean Frazier and Vince Noble, big shook, all in the studio today. <laughs> On the phone, Bill George, who was successful this morning, caught himself a nice little Osceola. How big is that bird, Billy Boy? Uh, he was uh, almost 18 pounds, 10-inch beard, inch and an eighth, inch and a quarter spur. Not bad. No two-year-old. Not bad. So now this one here, you said he landed uh, about 30 feet from you. So did you call him in or did you just happen to fall into the spot where they were landing? Well, no, no. I called him. Uh, that's how I like to kill my birds is get them to pitch right down to me and uh, hit them before they have a decision to go somewhere else. Oh, that's that's a good it's a good plan. Did now, you use a blowgun? You bushwhacker. No, nah, he used a, uh, <laughs> it's probably a 300 wind mag. That's his favorite round to go to, so... Uh, so, for turkeys, it's a 12-gauge, three-and-a-half inch. There you go. Why are you shooting a three-and-a-half inch at 30 yards? Seriously, yes, dude. Because oh it's my. America. Jeez. America. I'm with you, Bill. <laughs> I say you just stick with the 300 wind mag and just go all the way around the block with it, man. Just, you know, that uh, way That way you're good from, thir- th- from 30 yards to about 3,000, so you're all good. Yeah. Yeah, they don't let those on WMAs. So. Ah, well, well. so are you done, or are you uh, going to be guiding some people? What are you going to do? Well, I, I'm never done. I'll be hunting He's allowed to kill people. another turkey in the state. I understand that, but, uh, you know, I, I never know with Bill George. You know, he may be done and uh, decide to take 15 kids out. You know, he's mm-hmm. a good-hearted guy. We, we will, priorities are definitely going to be shifting here. So. All right. So yeah, you're, done. you're done. You're done. You're out. Daughter, you're done. My daughter was talking about going out in the morning. So we'll see. Now, let me ask you something, uh, Bill, before we let you get off the phone. uh, We have a a nice couple of folks who've come into the studio today. I don't know if you saw the news this past week where uh, uh, the Bardmore Golf Course was uh, mulling over the fact that they're going to uh, take out the golf course and put in housing and condos and all that stuff. Have you seen that? I didn't. I didn't. Well, now let me ask you something. Uh, If there were Osceola's to be found on that golf course... And it is really the last sanctuary just about in that entire area of Pinellas County. Is there, is, would that halt construction of said uh, buildings, in your opinion? No. No. So Osceola's, it wouldn't do anything for? No. Well, then why, why did they stop that housing development down south because of the Osceola's? Probably, probably not because of that. There's probably some eagle or something. Well, there you bring up an interesting thing. Now, there is supposedly an eagle nest out there as well. So uh, they were there three months ago. So what does that three do? Weeks three weeks. Three weeks ago. What does that do? Uh, that could get you uh, a Leverage. Yeah. So. That's all you have to add to it? Well, well thanks Bill, for, thank you, expert Bill George. <laughs> a million words well, right there, buddy. I, I, I don't yeah, I'd have to ponder that over and see how much how much area around that eagle nest they have to leave protected. Well, I would say that uh, the golf course is probably the only place they have left because if you look at it from an aerial map, it's just all houses and highways all the way around Bardmore. You know well, that. If they're going to build that up, why don't we work on getting a uh, one-year lease for turkeys? 
Uh, because I think there's nothing but hens out. At least the last time I saw out there, they were all hens. I didn't see any toms out there. But that... uh, there's there's got to be a tom. If there's that many hens, there's got to be a tom. No, that's what Jonathan said as well. If there's that many chicks, <laughs> somebody's going to show up sometime. It's just somewhere. like a nightclub. You're not going to go when it's not ladies' night. <laughs> true. All right, Bill. Well, keep, keep right. on. Keep going, man. We appreciate the call. Knock him down, all right. brother. Uh, yeah. All right. He said, all right, 15 times. That means he wants to get out of here. Before we let him go, uh, we got uh, Craig. Craig, on the, Craig on the phone. Good morning, Craig. What's going on? What are you doing? Are you calling from up north? Yeah, I'm from Maryland. Oh, wait. Are you in Maryland? Yeah, I'm in Maryland right now. What are you doing in Maryland? You work, for the, north. you work for the government? No way. It's not straight bass. Oh, I was going to say, because usually people in Maryland, uh, you know, they head over to D.C. or whatever, and they that's the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, we got a mess of D.C. people up here for sure. Well, now, I lived in Florida for four years, so. Wait, do you were just visiting, or are you actually from here? No, I am from Maryland, but I went to college in St. Pete and lived there for four years, and then I moved back. Isn't that funny? That's how most Yankees end up doing that. They come down here and they abuse our state for about four or five years and they head back up north. Absolutely. You realize that the Florida fish are way easier to catch than you thought. Oh, yeah, Well, not only that, but it's also a lot hotter than they thought. Because during spring break, when you're half drunk, it's always a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially when you're full drunk. Yeah, and then when you actually have to go to work and uh, you know drive in traffic all day, all of a sudden uh, snow is not so bad for three months out of the year. Right on. Well, well I was a... Uh, I think your show is awesome, and I was actually going to change gears a little bit and ask about snook fishing. Okay, what do you want to know since you're up in Maryland? Um, I, just, I was just scrolling through Dean. I saw Dean's, a bunch of Dean's pictures, and I saw something really interesting about the snook that I kind of wanted to learn about. And so I was scrolling through his Instagram, and I was just wondering, like, why are they all so small? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You mean wah, the, ones, wah, wah. the ones that Dean catches are so oh, small? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm yeah. so, well, I, see, well, you have to be see. more specific because, you know, there's about 15 different species of snook, according to And uh, here we go with busting on Dean time. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. On. Yeah, let him have it. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was just wondering. I, I, I mean, I've snooked fish for – I only lived in Florida for four years, and all the snook I saw were, like, pretty big, and then I saw Dean's pictures, and I – I was just wondering if it was a different species or whatever that was. And this is your friend, Dean. Oh, yeah. Well, see, Craig, um, going to Eckerd, you know, being on the water and everything, and then not only that, but when you're only going to school and you work at a tackle shop and you go fishing every single night, it kind of makes it easier for you to go out and uh, spend that time to get those giants. I mean, don't get me. All I'm hearing is excuses. It is excuses. Wait, wait. Uh, Are you talking about when we worked at the same tackle shop together (laughs) and I was also a college student when you were only working at the tackle shop? Wow. Wow. Well, now you got to – I will give you this, man, (laughs) that uh, there are areas over there by Ecker that are pretty good hot spots. So you do have kind of a jump on it. I mean – Yeah, Ecker's kind of cheating, not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, there's some good spots back there. What's wrong with that? Uh, so you kind of got the jump on it, especially when you got Dean out there trying to, you know, elbow his way out on the Skyway or down at the the dead Fort DeSoto Pier. Uh, you know, it, it makes it kind of tough. Always kayaking around with GoPro. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's 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 when he's going out catching those fish that he doesn't eat. Those are called bass. Nice. <laughs> I'm Dean. Yeah. Well, are you going to get to come back down and actually we'll do the uh, the Dean Frazier Craig uh, fish off? It'll be awesome. Oh yeah, it'll be really fun. I'll be down there this summer. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I just don't yeah, like to I mean, freeze myself. I'll be down there pretty soon, probably. I'm just waiting for these for my fish to leave. Our striper migration is kind of in full swing right now, so I'm not going anywhere until these 50 pounders get on up north. Nice. I was telling them earlier that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you, uh, in a few years, catch close to a world record striper. I hope one day, not anymore though. They're all dead. Oh, wow, that's a shit. What do you fish with uh, for stripers up there? Do you use live bait or worms? or I mean, what do you, what do you, I, well, you've never done it before, so I don't know. Jigs. Yeah, my, I'm fishing for the migratory stripers like on the coast, like ocean fish. So we're it's pretty much pretty similar to snook fishing. I fish like big 10-inch soft plastic baits and stuff. Really? So, uh, you know, big oh, yeah. big lip rigs and all that kind of stuff? No live bait? Oh, yeah. no, no big blue runners or nothing? Nope, I don't throw live baits for them. A lot of guys do, but I like to jig for them. Do you eat those things at all? Yeah, they're good, man. They're good. Are they really? You know, you yeah, know on all good. our fish lists that we did on the show this morning, not one time was it listed as striper as being a, a fish affair. You know what I'm saying? So we got to we, yeah, we got to be careful with uh, his word. I mean, he is in Maryland. He is in the you know frozen half the year. So uh-huh. we got to we got to be careful with his. Uh, Taste. Why? There's good eating stuff up in Maryland. I'm not going to give you that. You room to talk about taste, brother. You don't even like half the fish we catch here. That's right. That's true. I mean, uh, Maryland, you got moose, you got deer, you got ducks, you got great salt water, you got crabs, you got lobster, you got what? Crabs, yeah, oh, really? I mean, yeah, they got all got kinds of good stuff. Waterfowl hunting. They can yeah. have surf and turf every day. Darn right. And here you are down here in South Florida, not eating one bass. Yeah. I guess you got to catch them to eat them, though. Oh, <laughs> that is end true. It. End it right there. Yeah, end it. Have, end a, it. have a great day. Thanks <laughs> really? for calling. Yeah, Craig, that was your mic drop, man. Seriously, it's time to get <laughs> right on. I'm out. All right, man. All right, man. Thanks See for you. calling, See you when you get here. All right, bye. Take it easy, man. That was fun. It's nice to know that your friends treat you the same way that your friends down here treat you. <laughs> exactly. It's you know, good, you, It's got to be fun and games. It is. And mm. uh, you know what? It's all fun and games, so you all got a rod in your hand, and you're all standing on the same pier. Then all of a sudden, it turns into a competition. <laughs> Then it's, uh, you know, that's the beaky rig's not going to uh, gonna count. You can't catch 30 fish at a time and say that it's you're catching more than me. Why not? All right. Well, in the studio with us this morning, I don't know who these folks are, but they're lovely and they actually got dressed, but they didn't bring donuts, which is a black mark on their, on their record. So Vince we'll just, didn't fill them in. Uh, Vince, uh, when we're going to, you're going to introduce these folks and then we'll take a break and then when we come back, we'll talk about what they want to talk about. Do you want to just now or yeah, do it now before we the got, break? We got Phil and Yvette from Save Bardmore, and they're going to help us out. And is Phil and Yvette, about- or is this a married couple, or are these two strangers that met in uh, an esteemy bar somewhere? Just friends. Oh, just, just friends. friends. She's my doubles partner in tennis. Oh. Tennis buddies. Really? Yeah. Is that code for something? Tennis. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break. Oh, my gosh. We'll talk to both of them when we come back. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feet Outdoors and Brandon Ford. I don't even know who this is. That's how 80s it is. Who is this, Vince? This ain't 80s, hear. brother. I was chit chatting. Wait, we can turn it up. Turn, turn it up, Aaron. This ain't 80s. I hate to tell you. It is a newer hair band. Yes. It's my favorite hair band. It's the Donna's. Oh, my gosh. Well, that explains why I don't know. Hair band. Well, I kind of like it. Dean Frazier's dad would know who it is. I think he's still the bass. Did you? Does he? I saw he was playing bass for the Impotent Sea Snakes not too long ago. The is what? That true? 
You don't Wait, know who playing that bass is? for what? Wasn't he with the was it Pink Lincolns or Impotent Sea Snakes? Who was your dad oh, playing no, bass for? No, my dad for? plays for uh, sometimes Sentinel. Oh yeah, but yeah, I, I thought he was playing bass for them. Where do you come up with these names? I, I, I didn't know this was names. Well, no, my dad, my dad does like heavy That's metal. That's an actual yes, yes. But I thought he was actually. Oh my uh, gosh! You know what, old man, just back up. So uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, dude, I'm telling you, I saw a post where your dad was playing bass, and, and he, he was, he was no, but he was playing for sometimes Sentinel. Oh. That's his band. Oh, well, maybe they was there with them. I I have no idea. So anyway, these lovely folks decided to go brave the elements <laughs> and come into the studio today. Uh, we have <laughs> they Phil. decided to brave coming in here. We have Phil and Yvette with an I. <laughs> Who uh, have come into the uh, studio today, and I know uh, we're an outdoor store, and uh, basically we talk about everything when it comes to outdoors, um, uh, you know, fishing, hunting, camping, all that kind of good stuff. But uh, these folks had uh, made the news this past week. Uh, Bardmore, anybody who lives in Pinellas County, you know where that actually is. If you're out in the middle of the state, you don't know, but uh, you probably uh, can sympathize with what these folks are going through. Even though it is a golf course, and you know I'm not a fan of golf courses at all because they don't let you hunt on them. There's a dove field right there ready to go, and no, they won't let you do it. But out here, uh, Bardmore, uh, the fact is is that you have a group. I think that they are not even from this state, and they want to, what, take it over and build everything and take out the golf course? Is that right, Phil? Yes. Uh, so what we know as announced three weeks ago, we received an announcement. Um, just a little postcard in the mail mm-hmm. that the owner of the uh, Bardmore for Golf Inc. is under contract to sell Bardmore Golf Course to a company called Wheelock. They're a developer, and they're going to partner up par- partner up with Gentry developers who developed the Starkey Ranch facility up there in uh, North County. Oh, dest- Pasco. yeah, destroyed a nice family farm for uh, somebody else up there. Uh, I. Being one who used to run around and have a lot of fun at Starkey Ranch, Bart as well. Uh, we used to go out and chase uh, hogs and go out there and have a good time out there. And they just slowly uh, got. If you don't know where Starkey Ranch is, it's up north. It's it used to be literally, I think, all those new buildings. It used to be yeah. almost three hundred something square miles of ranch. It literally went from US nineteen all the way over to forty one, something like that, something nutty. And each progressive family member who inherited it from the generation before had to sell off part of it to pay the, of course, the inheritance tax that our federal government has levied against No, not only that, the land taxes. And the land taxes. So they kept them to sell off portions of it, and it got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until they came to a point where they couldn't even do eco-tours out there anymore, and they ended up selling it to developers. And now it's just uh, houses and hell all over the place up there. So... Uh, these same folks want to come in and do the same thing in the Bardmore area of uh, Pinellas County. So uh, Wheelock Communities is based out of Connecticut, so they could give a crap about anybody down here except for the money that they're going to spend on homes. And uh, the other folks, Gentry Land is out of St. Cloud, so again, they don't care what happens on the West Coast. They're just trying to make some money. So what are you guys doing to fight this thing? What are you going to do? Are you going to go lay down and nail yourself down to the ninth tee or something? What are you going to do? Well, I, I think that's one of the options that we've considered. Okay. But, um, you can have a golf cart revolt out there. Yeah. I mean, so seriously, are there legal actions? What can you do? Yeah, so right now our strategy is twofold. One is we have a legal team um, in place starting to work against this. And the second uh, prong of this is, Really, it's just a campaign. They um, just get out and talk to people and let them know that 
we have to fight against this. And it's going to boil down to four of seven commissioners siding with us at the end of the day. Well, um, I think that if you went in there with some more ammunition, I would think that if you wanted to, you could probably hmm. see if maybe the Fish and Wildlife Commission could probably possibly help you as well. Because um, if, you, if what you say is true... If you have eagles that are actually nesting out there, that right there, number one, federally tells them that uh, they can't do squat. Buzz off. Uh, you know, they can't do anything. If you have otters out there, and, you know, of course, coyotes, eh, you know, they, the FWC doesn't really care about coyotes. But if you have uh, osceolas, ospreys, anything like that, any raptors that are out there nesting, they could, it could go in your favor. Yeah, we think so too. But you know, three weeks going, we're still trying to figure out which direction to go into. We're literally a bunch of chickens running around with our heads cut off right well, now. Well, now, what kind of a time frame do you have before they start uh, knocking down oak trees and uh, doing what they're going to do? No, we don't know yet because like they did these charrette processes. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. I have no idea what the uh, heck well, that is. You know, a, lot of, a number of us call them the charades. But in the old days, when they did rezoning, they'd come in and file the paperwork with the county. We got a notice. We'd all show up and say no to the county commissioners. But now the process has changed to drag this out a little bit so that we kind of wear us down. So we start out with these charrettes. What they do is they come in they say, hey, we want you to be help us. Tell us what you want to build and we will build it for you. Never giving us the option to say, no, we don't want that. We have what we want. Uh, um, you know, I, I – It's misdirection. I, I look at it this way. Exactly. One of the people in this article that was written by the uh, Tampa Bay Times, uh, the future, you know, used to be known as uh, Pravda West. But anyway, if you think about this, you know how large Pinellas County is. And I know that Rick Christman loves to talk about how great and progressive, you know, St. Petersburg is. And we're going in the right direction. And look what we're doing on the pier and all this other happy crap. Do you realize Dean Frazier, you know, Dean Frazier, our friend in the next room, he knows that... Uh, he he fishes a lot around here. I mean, uh, in little local areas around subdivisions, golf courses when you can, and all this other kind of stuff like this. You'll be shocked to know. If you could guess, Bart, you grew up here. Your life was here. You were born here, all that kind of stuff. Tell me, how many acres of recreational land are there left in Pinellas County? Very, very little. That's <laughs> no, all <I> <laughs> just take a guess. Um, take a guess how many, how many acres of recreational acre. land are are left in Pinellas County. As in like parks or just like just recreational, recreational land. Let's don't just just give me a number. I mean, if, I mean if I'm going to guess I'd probably say a couple hundred if that. Well, you're being uh quite done generous. 7,000 acres. That's it. Oh, wow. 7,000 acres. Carrie Lightsey's front yard is bigger than 7,000 acres. Uh 7,000 acres of recreational space left in Pinellas County. Most of it in what? Golf courses. Golf yeah. courses. Absolutely. And I, that's why I said I'm not a big fan of golf courses, you know, but the simple fact is is that in in areas like here in Pinellas County, especially over there in Bardmore, that is the last vestige in that area of green space. Seriously. Wilderness. <laughs> of wilderness and, and green space. It really is. And once you take it away, you'll never get it back. No, never. because, uh, you know, the only way, uh, I don't think that Pinellas County is going to go the way of Detroit anytime soon. So we're not going to be able to tear down all these yeah. homes and make green spaces. So uh, what do you have to do? What do what do our listeners have to do to help you stop whatever it is that you want to 
stop well, out there. One of the things that we that anybody can do, whether they live in Bardmore or not, they can go on SaveBardmore.com and sign our online petition. So we have a petition going. Where at, I don't know how many signatures we are right now, and then we also have we're about we have we're about fifteen hundred signatures in less than three weeks online, and we also have a paper petition that they can sign. So that's one thing. Um, another big thing they can do is they can either call or email the county commissioners and let them know we don't want this. We want them to protect our green space because in the end it's going to come down to the vote of the commissioners, mm-hmm. whether the land gets rezoned. Right now it can only be used as a golf course. So it's a land use issue. Right. And that's our direct attack right now. And our most immediate effort is towards getting the commissioner to vote against the change of land use. Well, I can understand that. And if you really want my vote, uh, you know, you let me do some dove hunting out there. I'm right on your side. <laughs> so anyway, uh, no, but on the serious really? side. Really? You are acting like a politician right I now. I am. But on the serious <laughs> side, you know, it gets me that you get 50 billion people who will sign a signature to be able to ride a bicycle from the south side up to Tarpon Springs on the old railroad tracks but uh you know as long as it's on pavement we're all good and uh but uh, to be able to save something that i'm totally you know not a fan of but i understand the importance of the green space that is in that area and uh you know there used to be that way where you had areas of seminal on the other side of you that you know where the old orange groves used to be and it was beautiful and it was nice and now of course it's all covered with Homes and condos and stuff as well. But mm-hmm. let, uh, let me throw in one statistic really quick, which I think is important, especially for living in Pinellas County. From what we understand, that one acre of land can hold three hundred and twenty absorb three hundred twenty five thousand eight hundred fifty one gallons. Sure per can. Foot. Okay, yeah. that's basically the hundred fifty acres are going to take away. That's fifty million gallons of water. You know, when we had a heavy rainstorm. Where does that water typically go when it's all covered up with asphalt? Yeah, Vince, where does it go? I don't know. Maybe a little bit of a runoff. It, yeah. goes, right into, it goes right into well, Tampa Bay. Here, and, here uh, lies the other problem, too. You have plumbing issues. You have electrical issues. Now you're going to dig up all the land to put new plumbing, new electrical, new cable lines. Then you have to put these housing projects up. Once you, One of the things that with apartment complexes, you have to have Section 8 housing as well. So now you're bringing Section 8 housing into the heart of Bardmore. What does that bring? More riffraff, more people, more crime, more traffic, more everything. Yeah, well, I understand that part of it, but uh, how many how many more extra living spaces are they assuming that it's going to uh, burn up there? Are they going to build houses? Are they going to be in townhouses? What are they going to do? They haven't told us the number of extra spaces, but we know that's going to be low density housing, mid de- middle density housing, medium density housing, and high density housing. So you're going to have apartments. Condos and a couple of few homes out exactly. there, and basically. And, is do the, and do the math, how many cars you're adding to Brian Derry. Yeah. Anyone has driven up and down Brian Derry at 8 in the morning or 5 p.m. at night. A disaster. It well, is a disaster. Let me know I, how that works out for you. I look yeah, at it this way. I'm moving out by you. Growing up, <laughs> here, as, no better. <laughs> growing up here as a kid, and I remember what uh, Feather Sound used to be like, and now knowing what it is like, uh, it's just you know every available space where they could put a house or apartments or condos or whatever they just they slapped it in there, but at least they kept the golf course. You know um, I'm with you. Uh, so again, is there anybody a website any web page anybody can go to quickly? Savebardmore.com. Savebardmore.com. It's all one word. It's all one word. No spaces. No right. underscores. And then we also have a Facebook page that's called Save Bardmore. Spell Bardmore for the people. It's B-A-R-D as in dog, M as in Mary, O-O-R. There you go. Easy peasy. Savebardmore.com. And you know what? Uh, this is one time where I'm saying you better call up your animal rights people and, uh, and your land activist Sierra Club and all those other people and get them on your side. 
I'm not fans of theirs either, but you know what? I'm on your side. So. Well, and one thing I wanted to point out that seems to get lost a little bit in the noise is this is a real, it's a public golf course, and it's not just popular for the people in the county. This brings in a lot of tourist dollars. We have people from all over the world, literally, that come and play on this course. And so they stay on the beach, and they spend money, and they spend a lot of money. So don't care really, about tourists. We can leave them out of the equation. Well, huh? but they're, giving, they're bringing us a lot of money. So. I don't care. I'd rather have the otters and the turtles out there. <laughs> well, we all have right. plenty of those. All right, so we got uh, SaveBardmore.com. SaveBardmore.com, right? Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thank you guys for coming in today. Phil and Yvette, give them a heck. uh, You know what? Fight the good fight. It's uh, a good one. I I agree with you. All right, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us, you guys. We'll be right back. Sing it, Vince. Like I don't want to chase car. off the people that oh, might be listening. No. Do your best, John no. Boba Joby. Can't do it. As, uh, as Les McDowell calls him, John Bon Joby. I got the horns going, but I'm not singing. That guy. Horns? Yeah, that's Ronnie James Dio is the guy who was uh, credited with inventing that. So Look why would that have With a little rock and roll knowledge. What do you think? I don't, I've been in radio a thousand years. You don't think <laughs> I know these things? Seriously. Good Seriously. Lord. Hey, welcome uh, back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. The whole Hee Haw gang is here. Glenn, of course, is out supposedly hitting the woods. Bill George has already got it done, but I haven't heard anything from Glenn. So, um, I don't know. One got one. Maybe one didn't get one. I don't know, but I uh, just wanted to kind of go down the list. Don't forget Thursday. Next Thursday coming up, uh, March 21st, Bass Fishing Clinic, sponsored by Shimano, is happening at G5 Feeding Outdoors. It's from 5.30 to 7 p.m. Dean Fraser will be there to uh, tell everybody how not to eat bass <laughs> because <laughs> oh they're not gosh. something that he partakes in. So uh, I've been catching them lately, though. They've yeah. been uh, pretty – the bite's been pretty hot. Yeah, it has. It's so easy with a cast net. So anyway, come Ooh. on out and see them. It's uh, 5.30 to 7 o'clock at uh, G5 Feeding Outdoors. And if you're looking for some great deals on uh, archery and all the other happy stuff – I wanted to get into this because Jonathan took the time to actually bring props to the show today, and uh, he some of our new products. He sat and and discussed this with Dean Frazier, but yet didn't include the rest of the class. So I feel left out. I was waiting for you to tell me when. Listen here, little man. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, uh, so Jonathan, come to the front of the room and tell the class what you've brought for us today. Show and tell. Uh, Well, one of the things that I brought with me today was we have. Reestablished our relationship with Cuddyback cameras. Nice. They have a new product. What is this am I is, looking at? This is like a four pack. This is a four pack of the J series cameras. Okay. Now I turn this around because it's got a picture, which is great for radio. Mm-hmm. Um, the cameras now, obviously, everybody's big thing is the cell phone cameras. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it makes it a lot easier where you don't have to show up out there, pull the card, have a card reader, do all that stuff, load it in your computer, blah, blah, blah. It's so much easier just to go bing, 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 and you get, you get well, all your this, work. Well, and a good part about this is, is not only that, it's the scent. You know, you don't go trouncing through the woods checking on your cameras. Like I was telling Dean, this series of cameras we have, or this package that I brought in with me today, has four 20-megapixel black flash cameras. 20 megapixels? That yes. seems like an awful lot. What is your uh, fancy-smancy iPhone got there, uh, I think Diener? like six... Well, I have a Android first off. Oh, but, well, I thought you but, had an uh, Apple. I believe it's 16. 16? Is that and all you got on yours? My camera's amazing. 
So really? I can't imagine the quality of this. Well, it's like I was telling y'all. When we first we looked at these at the ATA show, the guy was showing me the test pictures, and I laughed when I told y'all how you could zoom the deer in, and I'm like, oh, look, there's a tick right there on his left nostril. Um, you 20, know, M, uh, 20 M, uh, megapixel images uh, can cost up to three times more than most competitive sensors. Quarter second trigger speed, three times bad. faster. Yeah. Accurate detection, powerful flash, powerful LEDs for a 50-foot range, and solar-ready, cap- uh, compatible with yep. Cuddy Power Solar Kit. Operate your camera indefinitely without changing batteries. Yes. Can I use those on the boat? Dude, those are awesome. But the cool part about these, if you don't want to do the cell, this camera system we have right here with the four cameras, mm-hmm. you can actually link these four cameras together. So when you go pull the card from the home camera, right, you're getting the pictures from all four. But does it tell you what camera, like yes, camera one, two, three, four, so you know yep. what area it was from? Yep. So how much does a pack of four like this cost? That man? can't. That package right there is right around between seven fifty and eight hundred bucks. But those cameras Two, alone, four, six, eight. That's uh, there's that, four cameras. That's almost che- that's cheaper than a GPS collar for your dog. What? Yes. Ooh, ooh, Mr. Cotter, Mr. Cotter. What is it, Horseshack? Se- seriously, can we put that on the boat? I mean, uh, could you? Why would those you put it on the boat? So when we're out doing the show, we have extra shots, so we can. So use it like as a GoPro? Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know. Is it it stream video or does it stream just pictures? They do picture. They have video and picture mode. Dude. Can you imagine putting that on the boat while we're doing the show? They have have a, they have, and this is no joke. We have a 20, they have a 20 megapixel, just a regular white flash, which the white, the black flash and the white flash is the LEDs have, of course, a black lens cover over them. The white flash doesn't have the black lens cover over it, of course, because that's for the people who used to say, well, flash scares the deer and, uh, you know, whatever. But we have a white flash camera that has the same 20 megapixel lens for about 130 bucks. That's one you ought to get for your boat deal. And they're about this big. Now, there how, you go. How long, how long do they last? Like runtime? They got solar. You can put a solar you thing put a on solar there. Panel and on them, but with a regular, with a. You, most of them take AA batteries, and their cameras, I mean, I know guys that get at least three to six months most of the time. So we could be out there fishing for six hours filming the show. Oh, yeah. And that could run for six hours. Don't lie. You'll never yes. last six hours on a boat. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Don't lie. Are you kidding me? Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't for like nine hours, dude. Stop trying to show off in front of your friends. Really? So, so uh, no, before- I, I catch fish like I'd like Dean. Before oh, we get to, before we oh, get to Gino man. on the phone, good morning, Gino. Uh, hey. Where can we get the uh, Cuddy Back uh, Four Pack? Can we get them at some sort of shop? Maybe somewhere. Yeah, there's close a by? place called Arrowhead Archery. No way. Where we've got uh, one that? and done feeders. We've got analogics. We've got bows. We've got arrows. Where is that located? One hundred eight one eight East U.S. Highway ninety two, Tampa, Florida. Is there a website, sir? ArrowheadArcheryShop dot com. And and not to. No, I haven't got a date nailed down yet, but uh, let's just say that sometime married? in the end of April, 1st of May, there's going to be a customer appreciation day with a lot of food and fun. and Hot dogs. Sausages? Well, if you want to say Nettles sausage uh, or hot yeah. dogs, I mean, that's... I was going to say, with your connections to Nettles, uh, we ought to have a pretty good time out there. That's yes. awesome. Well, Gino, how are you doing this morning, man? Good, good. Hey, listen, man, I was headed out uh, to the water this morning. Y'all are naming off the 25 most popular fish? Yes. 
I didn't hear Pompano, Brady. No, you did not. And uh, that there was very surprising. That was uh, Dean brought that up and said, "I can't believe they didn't mention Pompano or Permit either one of Gino, those." Gino, he's looking at all these yuppie sites that they don't know what fish are. So it's, it's okay. the Pearl Bible. In that, in that time since I heard that, I slipped in the water at John's Pass, put two on my stringer, and I'm back at my house in Northeast St. Pete. So uh, wait, you got two Pompanos? Yep, and a baby snook and some of them laddie fish. Now wait a minute, did you use a dock? <laughs> were you using a dock jig for that, or what else would I use, baby? I, yeah. I, you know what? I saw some dudes out at the. Uh, uh, I'm not going to give a location, but Bart and I saw some dudes that were out there fishing. They said they were catching them uh, a couple of days earlier. Yeah, I've never seen people jigging with a like a 12 foot pole for pompano with uh, docks jigs, big ones. Big duck jigs. Must have been some guy from California. Didn't do what he's doing. There was a lot of people out there. <laughs> All they saw one fat guy catch two pompanos. So there you go. <laughs> Bam. With, with a Zebco 202 and a mount. Hey, those pomp jigs. My old, uh, my old uh, seven foot Loomis light action. And uh, there you go. There you go. You know, pomp jigs uh, catch everything too. Now I want to. I want to ask you seriously on uh, on the docks jigs when you cast them out and you. you let them go all the way to the bottom. How are you bringing them back? How are you retrieving them? Are you? I, just, I let it go slow, Braden. I probably go slower than most guys, and I do like a double tap. But you always want to make sure you're dragging the sand. Um, there's a lot of tide today. I always go light as shit I can. I usually don't tie a little fly. Sometimes I do, but if there's any tide, I think that the fly messes up your action more and it was a pretty strong tide dirty water today yeah. looked like pink was the best color too you know i just thought it was funny i was watching these young guys you know that were out there and they were jigging for pompano and i was i looked at bart and i was like what are they doing over there he goes i think they're jigging for pompano that's what they said i'm like i've never seen anybody pump a rod like that unless they were like trying to get tuna on a bear hook i mean it was like i don't know how 12 you need a stiff rod and I, I no, like these were they were little. these were big yeah. like whippy whippy rods, and they would like whip them out there, and they would go and they'd let it sink, and they would sit there and go. For every crank, there was a whip, and so it was like whip 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 like you yeah, were. You, I mean, you do sounds you like do mackerel quite a bit, but I, I tend to think that people overdo it. I noticed when I was just talking to a guy, and he pointed out to me. I mean, I've been fishing pompano for years and years, but. He said, Gino, you notice when you turn around and you're talking to me and you're slowing down and you get more hits? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time I yeah. turn around and talk to you, Tony, I get one, don't I? Yeah, it's the same so, way with flounder. It's You forget that your jig is out on the bottom and you're like running through your tackle box and you're rummaging around and all of a sudden you go to reel it in and you're like, holy crap, wait, there's something on my line. What is that? <laughs> it's funny yeah, I mean, that the, you... whole, the whole concept with the docks jig is you want to be poofing up sand the whole time. I mean, you're imitating the crap. Yeah, bumping it along so, the bottom. Yeah, so that's so a... I, you know, I think most people work jigs faster, you know, unless you're whipping for jackfish or ladyfish just for action. No, know? but I, I mean, seriously, I look like, you remember the old days where you'd see those tuna fishermen with the big silver bear hook and they would pump it up really, well, yeah, really well, fast up and down. Tuna, you're doing tuna where when yeah. they're feeding like that, no matter what it is, it hits the that's water. What, they're that's biting what I mean. It. That's what they were, they were doing that, <laughs> right, and I'm like going... Just jerking them out of the water again. Well, here's the question, Braden. Were they landing anything? No, of course not, well, you crazy well, man. What can I, what can I say? <laughs> they got those long rods that can cast it a mile, but I think you need a pretty stiff tip to, to keep it bouncing and poofing in the sand. And, you know, speed it up, slow it down. But They were whippy. I, they were whippy whippy. Well, Gino, we got to go, man. We got to take a hard break, man. So thanks for calling and get out of here and go enjoy your Pompano breakfast. 
Thanks, Gino. You guys every week. You guys have a good one. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I can't believe he didn't say, hey, tell little Barty I said hi. Hey, Gino. <laughs> <laughs> I, miss you know, your, I miss jumping off your dock. You know that Gino is still the only person on the planet besides my littlest brother that called me Braino. So yep. usually it's like, hey, Braino, who's up Pompano Vision this morning, man? All right, you guys, we got to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. The Big and Wild Outdoors. Crazy hairband 80s show today. Thanks to Vince Nova. Motley Crue right here. Hey, uh, March 23rd, the Motley Crue movie comes out on Netflix. Why do I feel like I'm watching Talladega Nights? <laughs> Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> Motley Crue. Only thing a- you ever did was make a hot daughter. Yeah, it's called. It's called the dirt. Come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> My brains have been jacked up on Mountain Hill. Help me, Jesus! Help me! You're gonna over. break us like a bunch of wild horses, ain't you, Grandma? <laughs> Shake and bake. So anyway, oh you ain't first, you're last. Next. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> After the next break, we'll be doing quotes from uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. So stay tuned. Uh, like welcome in. It's uh, Braden, Jonathan, Dean Frazier, uh, Vince Noble, and uh, Little Marty is uh, in the studio with us today. Hi. Yeah, uh, Gino, by the way, texted me and said, I didn't know Bart was in the studio. Say hi, hi Little Marty. We need to so, go fishing. Uh, well, hey, dude, he's right up the road. He's sitting at home cleaning pompanos. So go. he'll probably go with you. Uh, I, I, you know, he, he mentioned that he didn't go, uh, he didn't tell us exactly where he went to, but uh, Dean uh, had a little dispute with uh, Gino during the break, talking oh, about the man. fact that he was taking the teasers off of him, but you I, still like the I users? Said, all I said was <laughs> most of the fish that I catch on Pompano Jigs tend to be on the teaser. I am not, if he is what? catching fish and he's been doing it for a long time, good on him, that is him. But also, I also tie uh, a lot of people will tie the teaser into the loop knot so it just stays in that little area. I put the teaser on first and let it be able to slide all the way up the leader, and then I tie a little loop knot, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've caught, I mean, I've caught six foot tarpon on my pump setup. I mean, they're, they're great jigs, and the, there's just so many ways to fish it that. I mean, shoot, I'm sure any way you tie it on. Why are you driving the Greyhound back and forth? I'm not. I'm just, uh, I wanted to get to the point. I was trying to get you. trying to get me in trouble, man. No, this is an end around uh, way to get to the question. Uh, One, where are you going for most of your Pompano? And two, where, uh, how much longer is the Pompano bite going to be on, in your humble opinion? I, I, Will not say where because is it getting, a sandy bottom or is yes, it a mud yes. bottom? I am fishing area. If I'm going for pompano, I'm going to be fishing in areas where there's a good amount of tide change. So, so it like could be at possi- the mouth of a pass or, or a bridge or, or somewhere. a bridge or somewhere where there's going to be a lot of current uh-huh. and a channel. We're getting narrow. We're getting narrow. So is it, is it Saint Peter or Clearwater? I both. There we go. <laughs> wow, we got good column <laughs> back above. Oh, really? So, uh, Sandy Bottom. Sandy Bottom, yes. That narrows it down a lot, doesn't it? Is it Passagrill or John's Pass? I will not fish John's Pass. (laughs) You will not break me! All right, now, uh, of course, uh, answer the second one. How long do you think the Pompano Bite will stay with us? Uh, That's a good question. It depends on where you go. You can follow it around. You can catch Pompano all year long. It's just whether or not you want to put in the time to get them. Well, the problem is, too, is I think a lot of people get discouraged if uh, you find the spot that you just mentioned or one like it, 
you think that, okay, everything Dean just said. I got a sandy bottom. It's right here by the edge. It's nice, fast-moving tide, everything else out here, and I'm not catching jaggedy jacks. Well, if so. you got 500 you know, yuppies around you trying to do the same thing, it doesn't really matter as much uh, when you, know, you have to fight people. You, you know how you get rid to- of them? You wait out. You go a little farther than them, and as you get out there, you start screaming, Bull shark! Bull shark! There's a bull shark! See, it, it's funny. Bull because shark right here. I've had times where I'll, I'll go out first thing in the morning, and there'll be a couple people who are like seriously dedicated to uh, pompano fishing out there, and they'll go out and you know we'll catch a few fish, and then as you know the sun starts to come up, and you know the more people start showing up up the bite dies Mm -hmm. as soon as that happens and more people start showing up those serious guys leave so you have no idea that they were there before and the bite is a hundred percent different than it was an hour ago so you have to be there at the right time right place right tide right everything yes well uh, gino just texted me and says uh use the uh, teaser with a loop not when the tides isn't smoking fast strong tides and lots of seaweed this morning that's why he didn't well there you go so if you were paying attention to what he said, he did mention that when he called. You know the, the other good eating fish? Uh, th- just thought of it. Oh. The, the southern kingfish. You know what else? Whiting. You know whiting what else? You know what? I, grew up I love whiting. I just thought of another. You know what's a really good eating fish that no one really eats? A pinfish. They are, actually. You get those big, giant pinfish. I've the heard big that. ones. Are you being serious? Yes. I've heard it's it. It's a porgy. <laughs> What did you think? <laughs> we call them. Hey, brim- you got a chef standing right there. <laughs> so, so, so true. It's, it's a it's a porgy. We call them yeah. the brim of the sea. All right, <laughs> it makes sense. You get those big six eight inch bad boys. You know, we're you're right there snapper fish, and it's nothing but pinfish. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know that because the uh, big hauler uh, pinfish we caught last uh, week, uh, Bart promptly stuck a hook in his face and threw it out real quick for snook bait. So we'll see. And nothing. <laughs> so and got nothing. <laughs> It was one of those things. Yeah, we should catch catfish. We got shrimp. We got five more. Girls, we're doing. (laughs) We got five more pinfish like that. We got us a meal, man. I tend to stay away from the pinfish. I uh, I don't think artificial, so I don't get as many of them. You got to get them, you know, a good size, you know, panfish size. I'm not talking about three or four inches, you know, for sandwich size for Jonathan's grandma. Mom. <laughs> Mom. And yeah. So, uh, you know, you got to get something a little bit more substantial where you can scale them and fry them up and do all that stuff. But they're delicious, man. They really are. Huh. It's a good, flaky, nice. Uh, just like you said, just, just like, like a panfish. Yeah. Like just like a big, big old brim. I would have thunk it. Well, now you can do it. I'm going to have to do a video on that. And you know what? If you actually take greenbacks and uh, you salt them for a while and then put them in a can, you could just pass them off as sardines. So it's all good. Sounds kind of gross. Let's go catch some pinfish, man. <laughs> Let's do it. We're well, going to go out specifically for pinfish. So, uh, None of them pigfish. We, we, we got a few more minutes before the show gets out of here, but uh, are you going to take up your invitation for, uh, for the grouper boat here pretty soon, or what's the word back on that? Have you heard anything, Dane? Oh, um, actually, I have not heard anything from that. My buddy messaged him, and that's all I know. I mean, it would be cool to go out and do something like that. But So you're going to be trapped on a grouper boat for what, about two I weeks? I think it was like 10 days or something like that. Dude. If that happened, and that would be, I would love to do that. But, as I said, it all depends on You better get clearance from high and, command. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to make one request if you actually get chosen to be on the boat. I, I don't know if it's a hook and line or long no line idea. or whatever. But if you actually get a couple extra red snapper, I know you don't eat them. So uh, <laughs> well, why don't you uh, see if you can drop them off at my mailbox or something. Ah, after gotcha. See, oh, my see gosh. See what you can get. You, yeah. can, you can keep all though. You so can keep Glenn's all not here. You're dropping the anvils today. 
Well, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, he doesn't eat red gr- uh, snapper, so he doesn't like them. And so, uh, you know. I didn't say I wouldn't eat them. Any of the bike that you don't eat, just bring it over. Ah, gotcha. And I Steve didn't Austin, say I wouldn't eat them. And Steve Austin's always looking for volunteer fish as well. So, you know. See, that's funny because uh, I, I don't eat that many fish. When it comes to like, I just don't go out to catch fish to eat. That's just not my goal. Let's work, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's work a trade. You bring in the fish; he'll give you some venison or some Ooh. hog. You know, we see, can do a little trade out. Who is? Who is? Yeah, man. You know what? The kind of venison's in my freezer. It ain't going nowhere. I got access to <laughs> uh, in my freezer. See? It ain't going nowhere. See, I'm, I'm trying. I can make you an offer. Jack. I can make you an offer. You can't refuse. Yeah, I can refuse that <laughs> offer. I don't care what kind of gun you stick in my face. You ain't getting my access deer. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you catch him a couple of those extra red snapper. I'll uh, you invite me over. I'll cook them for you, and I will change your mind. <laughs> there you go. That there right go. there is a good trade. Deal. That's a good deal. But I got to go with you to catch them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And also your Pompano spot. So anyway, it is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much to everybody who called in and listened uh, around the world. And for calling in, your buddy Craig called in from Maryland. That was awesome. Yeah. And uh, our good, our new listener uh, who called in from uh, Wisconsin. It was we'll be at the Beast Feast next weekend. Yes, we will. We'll be there. And it'll be good. And it'll be fun. And it'll be very filling. Aaron, you're invited too. Twenty-five dollars. We'll see you next Saturday. It is out of here. We're gone. See you. See you.